Good morning, everybody. This is Evan Yvonne with Generation Create Podcast and www.storytellerstudiosplus.com. I am um, coming to you today very early in the morning um, because I woke up with this on my heart. I actually went to sleep with it on my heart, but I was so tired (laughs) that I could not um, try to make the episode before I went to sleep, but I knew that this was, you know, good when I woke up with it on my heart, because usually that's, you know, my time of devotion with the Lord, and this is the first thing I'm doing. It's like, don't, don't even come <laughs> praying or nothing, you know, like I'm, I'm gonna be obedient in this moment, because we're still talking about, um, national sexual assault awareness month and it's really just sexual assault awareness month i put the national on there but we are still dealing with um just how sexual assault you you could have been molested or raped or um just anything even if it's just harassment on the street this is an issue so i'm today we're going to be talking about um i'm going to go a little bit different uh, because i had originally just talked wanted to to kind of bring in how god my experience walking through the trauma with jesus and i'm still going to do that uh but something has like really just been um in my heart the compassion i mentioned uh on the first episode the women who were on tv now talking about hugh hefner and i caught a snippet of it yesterday just passing through channels because i didn't know it was on this isn't something that i'm just like wanting to watch or whatever but what i've noticed is and what made me angry is how they're trapped in the experience and the lord put on my heart he said you know how it is to to try to put it somewhere you got to put the information somewhere because it's it eats away at you it it accuses you and attacks you the whole time afterward and especially because these things happen so long and as some of these girls were children in the sense I don't believe that you're really an adult till you're like over 25 or 26 so don't mind me an 18 year old is not an adult to me uh there's still certain experiences that they need to have some of them are mature but I didn't know a ton of mature 18-year-olds. <laughs> um, even the ones that did kind of do what their parents wanted, they still made really silly decisions because our world has become more dangerous. So for me, it means that um, the more dangerous the world becomes, the older in age you need to be to be considered an adult able to make sound safe decisions so anyway many of these women are um, were 
uh, tricked violently. First of all, they were tricked by their own desires, which were wicked. You know, like we're not going to get into that today because this is not about attacking them. Um, I will talk about that in another episode where, you know, like I said in the first one, you know, we there's a there's a bit of accountability that we have to have. And I think that what happens is, is the guilt of there's a there's a guilt that exists within the victim state. And that's what people have a hard time dealing with. And I think that not being able to identify that there's guilt there um, makes you kind of, look, you, you look for someone to land it on. You, you have to point the finger, but a lot of times, you know, we need to deal with the guilt in our heart. But we'll talk about that. So a lot of these women were young you know, chasing after something that they thought looked glamorous. And like a lot of us Midwesterners, and I find that that to be interesting too. A lot of people from, you know, areas where it's just rural, they're coming from Wyoming, they're coming from Minnesota, they're coming from these places. I come from Nebraska, where you're not really exposed. So when you're going to venture out to look for opportunities, especially if you're like, you know, creative and ambitious, and it's just really like a little box you're living in. You you see other things like they these women saw this Playboy magazine as a way out, a way to gain success. So there's a twistedness in that, but I, okay, so they did that. We're not gonna stone right here. Um, and you get. You bite off more than you can chew. You start running with people who've been, who are the inventors of wickedness and are carrying on wickedness that they learned from somebody else and can't handle that. So there's a scripture and I'm going to try to find it real quick because I find it to be, I'm studying this, but I want to, I really want to. I really want you to kind of hear this, this, what makes people, you know, do this. The Jacob in the Bible had a daughter named Dina. And Dina, so they leave where Jacob met the mother and had all of his children that land um his uncle Laban that that land they left they leave it because God told them to go back to his homeland where his father is so he packs up all of his wives and his children he has one daughter so they get to a land they didn't go all the way like he stopped somewhere but God told him to go you know back to his land I noticed that And I'm not going to try to read into that or try to like exegete it. But the daughter Dina goes out in that land looking for the women of the land. And I'm like, okay, well, why would she be looking for the women of the land? But back then you realize that, you know, like women hung with women um, because, you know, like there wasn't, they didn't really do any of the field work as, and she had all brothers. She had 12 brothers or whatever. So, you know, she's probably like, oh, let me go find out, you know, like what's happening 
where are the women at? Who am I going to be able to hang with? Because I'm sure that she left us when they left that um, area that, that she was born in. She had to probably leave cousins and, you know, people she was familiar with, her friends. So, you know, this was probably a lonely move for her. So she went and looked for um, friends um, in that new land. And um, one of the prince's son found her assaulted her and raped her. Didn't have the nerve to ask for her hand in marriage, but you know, like this shows that this is this is not new. You know, like being isolated is is painful and I find that um I find to share that with the women. Even though what you know there were so many bad decisions, foolish decisions that I see were made, but I understand wanting to be isolated, um, not wanting to be isolated, um, feeling isolated in a space where you just don't feel like you belong, like you feel like you're bigger, you've been created for more, and you're right. I, I, and that's where it made me so mad is because the enemy takes and he perverts what is good in us. The desire to say, okay, well, I'm upgraded for more. I should be this or that. And you're going in the right direction because I feel like, you know, God did create us for more. He created us for purpose, though. Not just aimlessly wandering about. So I'm kind of speaking to that, that immature girl that first ventured out and made the decision um, to venture you out because now you're an adult. But that little girl made the decision to venture you out because she had desires for more. And I don't, you shouldn't be punished for that. Um, But there is a boundary, you know, because God has a plan for us. And it says that his plan is for good and not for evil. So we have to admit that right there, because we experienced the evil plan of Satan, he kind of hijacked it. And in fact, the girl was that I saw testifying about Hugh Hefner yesterday, that's what she said. She said when she looked up and looked at Hugh Hefner when he was on top of her, like he looked like Satan because it was him. And I'm not saying Hugh Hefner, Satan. What I'm saying is, is that that spirit, that demon that you were um, touching on, referring to, was Satan, was a demon, was a, 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 a worker of iniquity, a spirit of darkness. And we've all, who have been raped, testify to about him even if we can't name that thing because we're we're so busy looking at the person but the bible says that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places So that's a spirit we're dealing with when we're dealing with rape or we're dealing with that spirit. So 
I'm going to take it to my experience walking through the trauma with Jesus because we've identified our enemy now. And I just, I'm going to stop and pray right here. Lord, I just ask you right now, anybody who's listening that has experienced this, that you would give them ears to hear, that you would put a place in their heart that is not defensive. I'm not here to hurt or to cause pain. I'm here to try to unravel because you're with me. And this is what you do. You unravel us and give us clarity and begin to walk with us as we discover pains, hurtful pains in our hearts. So I thank you right now for your love. I thank you for your word that is healing to our flesh and it's life to our bodies. And I thank you right now for just unraveling. In Jesus' name. Okay, so... Let me tell you something. The Bible says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. I'm going to have all these scripture references within the notes um, or on my website um, with whatever write-up I make with this because the scriptures are important and I want you to Google them. You don't have to have a Bible. Everybody doesn't have a Bible. You don't need one to do this. You don't need one to begin to heal. It's free online. (laughs) And I want to work out my salvation in fear and trembling. And we do because we want to heal in the areas that we're bound in. We want to experience heaven on earth as God intends. At the end of this, I'm going to play... Um, the excerpt from the last portion of my poem that I wrote, Broken Redeemed, and it talks about being able to touch people again and feel again and laugh again. And what broke my heart so much is that over and over and over, I just keep seeing these women, and I'm not watching this series, I'm like catching it as I'm like passing through channels or whatever absolutely devastated and cannot get free and have to do something about it because you there is freedom and it really feels good to crush the head of the enemy I'll tell you that much especially when you get free (laughs) so that's where we're gonna go and you know this podcast can't solve the problem you know like in one sitting but I'm also offering um, a poetry workshop for victims of sexual assault or anyone who's experienced trauma because it actually can translate to different crises that we experience on our on this earth and I'll also leave that information and it's going to be free So again, I know a lot of times money isn't the issue for people, but I want to keep Jesus in the conversation and that doesn't cost you anything. I want to keep him in the conversation because I know that there's healing. I know that he's our healer. I know that he's the comforter. 
and know that he will save you from this experience and finally shut the door to it. So, I talked about dealing with falling into the hands of wicked men, and that's what Hugh Hefner was. He was just, he's a wicked man. He was a wicked man. And there are tons of wicked men. The wicked men I'll define. This is not in the dictionary, but this is what I've come to the conclusion of. They don't follow the ways of God. They're they're foolish. And they invent their own ways of doing things because they have wicked things in mind. And they're all over the place. Not just in the entertainment industry, not just in Hollywood, they're everywhere. They do things in the dark because uh, even a grandfather or a father that would touch you would not touch you in a room full of people. They are workers of their father, Satan. And so we're gonna have an episode about them too, not to bash them or to put them on the cross or to put them in the middle of the center to stone them, but to speak with them in reality, um, in realness, and offer them the same salvation that we've been offered and that we're being offered, because it's for them too. And I know that's a hard dynamic, and we'll talk about that later. (laughs) But tonight, today, we're going to talk about the rescue plan of Christ. And where I found myself was um, Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, which, um, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. So I, I forsook the, the counsel of the law of my mother. You know, she had rules in place. And when I didn't listen to them or didn't feel like, you know, like, like, like she was trying to control me or, you know, whatever you do as a, as a young girl, living in her house and I want to follow certain things. I wasn't super like, you know, like rebellious or anything like that. I would just be sneaky. You know, she wasn't there. Then I'd conveniently leave and act like I wasn't there the whole time. But going somewhere else, and that's how I found myself raped the second time. Actually, the first time. That's how I was raped the first time. So, the rescue plan of Christ, because, um, you know, I caught myself in this web, and that, um, that is a hurtful part of my past, is where I catch myself in a web where Satan um, wedges me because of my foolish decision. And, you know, the Lord warns us of these things through people who are set to um, be authorities over us, 
Sometimes people don't have parents or whatever, so they don't have anyone to say that, say anything to them. And that's a rough one. Um, But I was so happy that I ended up falling into the hands of believers in order to kind of heal because God was so creative when he he was a hundred percent creative as he healed me and unraveled me from the pain and from the destruction of rape he funneled me into i've always had a love for writing which was suppressed um after just going through life everything that i wanted to to be and do i just no longer mattered because i'd gone through so much it was a a buried dream, deep buried dream. Writing, creating movies and all these kinds of things, going to LA, all that stuff. I never did it. And I ended up um, kind of finding work in the service industry, which was bomb because I love service. I love hospitality and it taught me so much. My teachers in that were part of the healing process as I look back. You know, God was using every element of my life. And I think that that is what he does. And you'll see that as as you follow him and read his word and, and pray with him and sing songs to him and dance before him. As you're being set free, you'll see that he used everything. Everything. So um, he funneled me at about my late, kind of like mid-twenties, maybe late-twenties, into a theater ministry. And um, my pastor had been a theater ministry um, leader at her church for 25 years before that. Then she started another church. She's my (laughs) mother-in-law. So we began to do theater ministry, and I had to study to do the, the um, skits and all of the plays, I had to study the characters of the Bible. And in studying the characters of the Bible, obviously I had to use the Bible. So I was reading the Word of God. And it began to take root. I began to see the story of God redeeming the worst of the worst people. And I felt like the worst of the worst. I just brushed it under a bunch of stuff activity, work, life, fake happiness. But he used that theater ministry and I was unraveled. And what I love about, you know, how this could possibly help those that are in the entertainment industry who have been um, ravaged and taken advantage of by these people, these wicked men, wicked people, because their women were involved too, that he will use creative things that we are attracted to, that we love. He'll stoop down to those levels to unbind us. And what I found was my response became creative. And this is how I remained in faith because I became more interested in acting. I became more pulled out of my shell because I would have to 
get on stage and be transparent. Um, and I love that I couldn't see the audience because it was theater. <laughs> so that was good. Um, but he restored my soul. I wasn't then forced or anything to, to worship or to, I find myself seeking him out all the time. Just wanting to pray, you know, not even formally, just talking to him because I could, I could feel him there. I could sense him to be tangible as I walk through these hidden thoughts that I used to have. And it was so good. And he began to restore me. And the restoration um, is still happening. It has never stopped. Every time that I'm with him, I produce something that I didn't know was inside of me. And it's just me and him. You know, he uses everyone around me. I am around amazing teachers online. They, I don't know them and they don't know me, but they're teaching and they are healing. They're depositing. Um, my church family that I'm still around, they're depositing my children. Even they deposit within me. They pray and they help me. And it's all God. So that's my prayer. That's part of my testimony. I don't have much more time. And so I'm going to end it right here. But I want to say that we are going to con still continue the conversation. Um, and I'll put the... Um, if I can, I hope that I can, I'll put the... Um, the... Uh, poem, the end of that poem of Broken Redeemed behind here, and then all of the information for the um, workshop that I am presenting in May uh, for those that have been sexually assaulted to walk, have someone walk with this journey with you and help you unravel in Christ. So Father, thank you for this time. I thank you that you are always seeking and searching out for us and that you love us with an everlasting love. In Jesus' name I pray. Please visit me at storytellerstudiosplus.com and, um, and just let's enjoy this time. This is a time of celebration and joy, especially if you're listening to this and you want to you want to heal through the word of God. It's possible. I'm a living testament and I know many people who are also living testaments to that. Okay, so have a great day and I'll see you on the next episode. of the Lord came closer to his servant. And this is what the Sovereign Lord said. 
It is finished. His power, beyond power, opened the prison doors. His might broke the chains. His mercy melted the shame. His uncontained grace lifted the guilt. Scales released off the eyes of my heart. And suddenly I knew love. And his zealousness pursued me. I knew emotion and the gift of joy, sorrow, and the fear of the Lord. I felt emotion. I could seek affection and kisses and hugs from little arms to big ones. I could see the beauty of a power petal restored me, mountain landscapes inspired me, the rising and the setting of the sun captivated my eyes, the sway of a leaf within the branches of a grand oak tree captivated me. I could see, I could feel and touch people, created people, all sizes and walks of life, some thinly mean, some fitly nice, others fat with encouragement, most of them creative, a few of them funny, all crafted by him and for him. And I could laugh, <laughs> I could laugh and laugh how I laughed. He was with me. He had always been with me. I looked in the mirror and I no longer was ashamed. So I testify that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God, the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 The joy of the Lord is your 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 strength. The joy of the Lord is our 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 strength. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength.